This is In the Trenches, Broadcast 25. Welcome to In the Trenches, where entrepreneurs, artists, writers, designers, inventors, warriors, and leaders share their stories of doing the hard, creative work that impacts all of our lives. Let the journey inspire you to do something worthwhile. Build something bold and create your life's work. And now, your host, Tom Morgus. Antonio, thank you so much for being on the call with us today. Thank you. It's my pleasure. So tell us a little bit about uh, your background, how you got started um, in publishing, digital publishing, um, and, and creating Life and Time, um, the digital magazine. Yeah, definitely. So it's been it's been a little over a year now that we've been running Life and Time, and my background's in <clears throat> interactive design and basically founding uh, interactive agencies in the past. Um, so I've sort of been like an entrepreneur for the past like seven years, just creating a variety of different uh, companies and mainly agencies. So out of that, um, you know, life and time kind of, you know, sprouted as a, like a creative outlet more than anything else. Um, cause once you're, you know, once you're in like an agency world, you're constantly creating projects and work for other people. Um, and you kind of lose that sort of emotional attachment you have for, um, for your own creative work. Um, and, you know, I'm naturally a creative person, so I love design, I love cinema, I love storytelling. Um, so I wanted to really find some sort of outlet for creating, like, a playground within the creative world, um, but have, like, some sort of common goal that other people kind of get behind on. And I've been just incredibly passionate about food in general because I grew up in a place where mom was always cooking and I was always in the kitchen. Um, and food just played a major role for our family. Um, and I realized that food could be that common goal for other creative people to kind of get involved. And it started off as just like a very simple blog. I think we started with like Tumblr or something like that. It was, it was really just documenting what, uh, you know, what we, what we would eat and, um, we started to really focus on, you know, the people behind food culture and very, very casual, very informal. Um, but the more we started to work on it, um, and this was myself and two other guys who are, who are filmmakers, um, we started to really spend a lot of time on the creative process behind it and how these stories would be delivered. So we had a variety of, you know, essays, written content, and and short films. Um, and honestly, we were just playing around. We were just experimenting and and um, giving ourselves like an outlet for this sort of stuff. But it really, it started to really take off with like a life of its own and just started to, uh, this sort of storytelling resonated with a lot of people that uh, were interested in food. Um, so this was about like a year and a half ago and 
I quickly realized that there was something much more, uh, much bigger and something much more special about this project that I wanted to uh, pursue it full time um, and see where it could go. So in a nutshell, that's sort of what Life and Time is um, and how it sort of started. And I keep going back to working with creative people because um, more than anything, like I love to just collaborate and I love to be in the process of creating something um, that that is more of like what I care about. And we just happen to love food. Um, so the more we work with other creative people, other writers, other photographers, other filmmakers, um, we're only using food as sort of like that vehicle to kind of bring, bring us all together and to cultivate a community around um, creativity, community, and, and collaboration. Sure. And so it's it's so yeah. There's there's definitely like a a, a lot of different interests colliding here, um, in a really cool way. So obviously, I think that that stands out to me about Life and Time Online, the digital magazine component is is its design and how it looks. Um, mm-hmm. So obviously, your background in design, I'm sure that had a big, uh, big big part in that. Um, I'm guessing you were probably lead design. And you created that. So tell us a little bit about the design that went into this and why you created the look and feel of it the way you did. Yeah, I mean, I've been in the design world for, I don't know, maybe like 15 years now. Um, and it's what I know. It's what I know best. And life and time has become this culmination of all my passions. And every step along the way of my journey up to life and time, it sort of like led it, led to what life and time is now. Um, so every every trick in the book that I sort of came across and every, um, every sort of aesthetic and, and inspiration, um, cause trends change drastically, uh, when it comes to web. So what life and time is now is sort of my, um, sort of my culmination of inspirations that I've sort of, uh, collected across, you know, across my journey throughout this whole time. Um, and honestly, it came to the point where I just wanted something very simplified. Um, and if you look at the design of life and time, it is very simplified. You let the photography more than anything, do all the talking and it's just very clean and very approachable, I think. And, and, and even just the typography, it's very straightforward. I'm not trying to put on like a ton of bells and whistles because I believe in the content you know, first and foremost, and trying to achieve a design that is useful and minimal and simplistic is probably the hardest thing you could design. Um, usually that requires um, most of your energy and most of the work than something that is more convoluted and, and just like all these different bells and gimmicks and whistles. So I feel like life and time is definitely, you know, what I've sort of been working towards all these past years and into what I think should be a, um, a magazine platform and how it should be, um, presented at least in the digital world. Sure. And, and so it's interesting because, uh, when I look at the design and you some of the things you were saying, uh, in terms of like getting, uh, 
in a like an ideal design that's functional and beautiful, uh, it's really difficult. And I think anybody that probably that hasn't done uh, design might not re- recognize just how hard it is to create um, something that's practical and beautiful and you know intuitive. Right. I'm curious. Do you see that there's crossover between design and then the artisan craft of like food? Um, do you see that that parallel there? Like, is there some connection there between good design and good food making? Oh, definitely, man. I mean, chefs and you know people who cook professionally, there is definitely um, an artistic side to it. You know, just plating in general. There's that's where you let your artistic side kind of come out, and um, presentation plays such a big role within. Um, within food because you eat with your eyes first. Um, and the delivery of food, the environment, the ambience, um, is going to play a role first than the first bite that you're going to have, you know? And, and I think that's why one of the things that really resonated with, uh, chefs in general was that there is a creative process that goes behind it. There is inspiration that they need to, uh, seek out and um, there's even trends you know and and you also play with color texture and um, the same principles and foundation that goes into a design whether it's graphic design or 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 um, you know a web design so at least with that I feel like I understand that process and I could relate to it in some way um, and, you know, I love to be just around people that are or in food. I would love to be like in kitchens as well and just sort of observing their process and observing how, what they do and how they do it can be applied to the same way that we produce a short film or, or how we produce, um, you know, the design of life and time. It's all very all very similar and, and very um, humbling once you make that sort of distinction and you get to appreciate the work that goes into it, you know? Sure, absolutely. That's pretty interesting then, the fact that you are able to identify these different passions that you have and bring them all together into a cohesive whole and something that sounds like it's growing uh, in popularity and success. So tell me about that that journey from the inception of the idea, which you've kind of touched on a little bit, to where it's at today, um, it has has it transformed? Has the original idea transformed? And what has it become based on like what your initial idea was to what it is today and where it's going? The initial idea has changed just you know a little bit. The we were always about um, <clears throat> storytelling, right? And we always wanted to be documenting what food culture is in the best best way possible. Um, and what I noticed was that, you know, you have all these different media outlets that, uh, focus on, on food and the majority of it is garbage. I mean, even on TV, it's just nothing but like food competitions. Um, and online it's just, you know, a bunch of publications that focus on, you know, here are the top 10 coffee shops they hit up in LA, that sort of thing, or whether, you know, cupcakes are still in or, Cronuts or whatever it is. So it's just so tabloid driven and just breaking news and less of, you know, the, the stories and the people 
behind it and the, the emotion and the human aspect behind um, who's feeding you and where the food is coming from. So that's always been our number one goal is to focus on that sort of aspect of what um, food culture is. The thing that sort of changed was our, our approach and um, how we deliver content and who is contributing the content. You know, because we started with just, it was just ourselves producing the content. And, um, you know, there's only so much that we could produce. And we're also in Los Angeles. So we didn't just want it to be LA centric. Um, so we needed to start to cultivate a community of contributors that could get involved across the globe. Um, and that's when we started to focus immensely on, on, on building this community. Not just to build our our readers and viewers, um, but to get more creative people that are just like us. There's a ton of like amazing photographers out there, a ton of amazing uh, writers and filmmakers. So I wanted to tap into that sort of idea of getting these people involved and have a common goal, which is which was to document food. And when you have that common goal, especially with food, like everyone could get behind it. You know, it's, it's the one thing we all have in common. So, uh, we all got to eat. So naturally a lot of these creative people are going to get, um, excited to be involved because, you know, they love food and you got to eat and there's usually an interesting story to tell. So when we first started, there was really no clear goal where this was going to go because it was just mainly a, a passion project more than anything. And once we realized that there was something there and our community started to grow um, and opportunities started to grow and, and, and we just started to document more and more just across the globe, I realized that, number one, this was my calling and this was what I wanted to pursue and grow and cultivate. Um, and number two, we've been able to meet some of the most incredible people throughout this journey, um, both in food and just creative people. Like last last week, we were just in New York shooting some stuff, and we got to meet our New York contributors for the first time. And they had already contributed on Life and Time, but we were meeting in person, and we hosted a nice little dinner. And meeting these people are just – it was so humbling and because they're so genuine, and they're, they're just like us. You know, they're just – they just care about the creative process and they care about food and um, they care about storytelling. So our focus changed from it's just about us documenting and more about cultivating a community that are just like, like us around the globe that could get behind this, this idea. And I keep saying community because that more than anything, that's what matters end of the day it's not the website it's not um you know it's not on instagram it's not what we create it's the community that matters the most and i think once you have a strong community you could really move mountains you know and not just between what is contributed to life and time but just getting more people aware of what food is where it's coming from and understanding and appreciating honest food you know because there's so much garbage and there's so much crap in the food industry that we're so bombarded with um, 
with with you know what hurts our bodies and and what is a bunch of lies. Um, so if we can have, if we could just like make a tiny little dent in the universe of getting other people involved and, and interested of what honest food is and just learning about where their food is coming from and appreciating the craft and the people and the amount of hours that, you know, these chefs and these cooks spend in the kitchen, at least I, you know, we did some, we did some good, you know? Absolutely. And would you say that that you whether whether by intention, um, by design, or by accident, um, it's this is kind of part of the farm to table movement that I feel is growing in popularity, definitely in the Midwest. I think you're you're from uh, California, right? You're on the West Coast, right? And then you obviously just in New York, so you're kind of all over the place. Does this does this have any correlation to that, or what? I think we've become starting something like Life and Time is much more acceptable now and accessible. Because food is lifestyle now, you know, um, and yes, you do have like the farm to table uh, concept, which is it's starting to become a little more buzzworthy and 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 more of a, a marketing ploy. Just like what what happened with the words like organic and and natural and artisan. Sure. Um, so obviously, you're going to have these um, you know these ideas that kind of come in trends. Um, but the idea of like farm to table, like at least in the major, in the major cities, like if that's already like a given, like if, if you don't have a restaurant that's farm to table, like you, you already run into a ton of issues, you know? So it's not like this, this hot new thing. It's already like accepted. Like that's already stage one, you know, like now what do you do next? Like, how can you make that creative and how can you make that, um, even better because people are starting to become much more educated and aware of food and and quality so when we started something like life and time like we're at a really interesting point because people are just more aware about you know the knowledge of food at the same time there's like a lot more competition but when it comes to at least the the media um and the the creative aspect of showcasing food like i think we're still very very early um just like look on television like there really isn't something out there that is just focused on on uh storytelling and like you know approaching something in in a much more cinematic way rather than just like following someone around with a camera or food competitions because that's just what makes money right now so i think we're still very we're very young when it comes to how food is portrayed at least online, on TV, and and even on print, you know, unless you have these very, very niche indie publications. But uh, I think we're at the right point because, um, like I said, like food is now just lifestyle. So once you start to introduce these new ideas and tapping into technology to deliver um, food culture, like it's much more acceptable. So, you know, one of the things to, to, to bring this back to the, the, the creative aspect of it um, that I was curious about is because, again, it's something that kind of resonated with me when you said at the beginning was how this is kind of a culmination of like multiple different passions that you had, that it started off as a passion project. Mm -hmm. And now it's now it's really kind of a full time endeavor, a real like a, a driving mission. Uh, it sounds like you're really passionate about it. And I know you are. Mm -hmm. So tell me about that, like from from the entrepreneur's perspective, which you are, too. Um, 
you know, how do you, how do you, you know, we talked about how you kind of brought this vision to life, how it's, how it's transformed, but I'm sure somebody might be wondering, and I know I'm kind of curious about this too, how does an artist or creator, again, that's, you know, I think one aspect of you as well, how does he um, or she, you know, get, uh, bring these visions to life and then make them something that they can do full time? So as far as like generate income, how are you guys doing mm-hmm. that? How do you support yourselves when you when it comes to a vision like this that is not um, necessarily broadly uh, accepted? You mentioned that like this mm-hmm. is still kind of something that's still very much in our culture. Um, it's just not wide widespread. So how do you you know you really how do you do that? Like how do you bring a vision like that to life um, from an economic standpoint? Like how do you support yourself to bring it to life? Yeah, definitely. So you know. I would consider life and time. It's it's sort of like a it's like a startup, right? And you need to be a little creative to come up with ideas and um, and ways to generate revenue so you can survive, right? Um, and from day one, I didn't want to bombard the website with a ton of banner ads or, you know, advertisements all over the website. Number one, people don't click on those things anymore. And number two, it's, it would just lose the, uh, life and time will lose its integrity and, and it would ruin the design. Plus there's just, you, you need like huge amounts of traffic in order to just support that, at least in the beginning. So when we first started, we were part of another agency that I co-founded. So that's how we were generating our, you know, that's how we were surviving, at least ourselves, until we started to get contacted by other people in the food industry that would find Life in Time, they would view our content, and more importantly, they would see our short films, and then they would contact us and say, I want that. Like, I want to hire you to shoot something like that for, for, for our business or for our restaurant or whatever it is. And I was just like, huh. So there is something to these short films that we created. Cause like, you know, we would just go out there and shoot something and, and put it on the website. And it was just, again, it was just an experiment. It was just our, our way of, of fueling our own creative desires and, and what we wanted to create. But it was always in a very cinematic way. And it was a very, uh, we would treat each project like, we were shooting a film, you know, um, I don't even want to call it a video. It was a short film. Um, and Ben or, or, uh, you know, our videographer and, and filmmaker, he, he studied cinematography at LA film school. So he like lives and breathes what, what is good cinema. So I wanted to have that, that sort of style for delivering food content. So we started getting really, you know, we started getting hit up by, by other brands and other people that wanted that sort of style and that's when we realized well let's open up a a production house you know let's open up a production company focused on telling beautiful stories for other people that it's for hire for brands and and and, and businesses in the food in the food industry and you know that ranged from you know uh, a tea lounge hitting us up from san francisco to um, you know, authors that are that are writing books and, and within food that we would they would hire us to shoot uh, a book trailer within that sort of same cinematic style. So we had a very signature look to what we created. 
Um, and that was sort of my, that was sort of like a spark with me, you know, and it was like, okay, that's going to be our, the way we generate revenue, at least right now. And it'll, it'll allow us to continue to produce what the magazine is. And it's sort of our calling card. So we've built, um, we've built this side of, of life and time, which is just like a production house to produce short films for other people. Um, and that allows us to continue, um, you know, what we're doing with life and time on the magazine side. And we're also helping, um, you know, people in the food industry to look and pre be presented in, in a much better light. Cause you know, we have such a soft spot for, um, for businesses and food that just, you know, again, their, their, uh, their perception outside of, of the restaurant or outside of, of, um, you know, the plate when it comes to being presented like digitally, there's just like not a lot of good stuff out there, you know? So we wanted to fill that gap and be, um, and be able to be hired to produce some of the same style of content that we've already created for, for the magazine. Pretty cool. Actually, that's a really cool story and some seriously like, um, awesome, uh, lessons that I think somebody can draw from that. Like a number of them, I'm already thinking one, a couple that stand out to me is the concept that, um, cause it sounds like, so you guys did, you started with, with the magazine, you started with that, that passion project, but then from the quality of work that you did, it was like you mentioned, it was like a, almost like a calling card, a digital calling card. And people reached out to you now for, in this production capacity. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's really cool. That concept in and of itself is really cool that the magazine was really, um, it sounds not necessarily intentional, but, um, but it was a springboard for you to, to start this production company. Is that about true? Yeah. Cause here's the thing when it comes to startups and just ideas that people have, um, I'm a firm believer of if you have an interesting idea and you believe in it and you want it to, you know, you want it to just exist out in the world, just go out and do it. And even if there is no um, sort of plan to generate revenue or you're not thinking about monetizing, like as soon as you want to create an idea and the first thing you're thinking is like monetizing, how am I going to monetize? That's what everyone is asking themselves. Like those are the ideas that usually end up failing and or they just have no substance, you know? Um, if you just put like 110% into an idea, whether there is any strategic planning or anything or any sort of financial revenue or anything like that. If there's none of that, but you have an amazing idea and people could see the, the passion and the quality and the dedication, that's a business will be created around that. You know, even if it's just content right now, like content is king. If you could deliver content that is both beautiful and, you know, it's very, and it resonates with people and um, it's very powerful. There is going to be someone out there that is interested in that idea. You know, there's just so many people out there that have so much money to just throw around and they're looking for ideas. You know, they're looking for people that are doing it right. They're looking for um, creative teams that could produce something and not just be thinking about like, how am I going to make money or, um, all these people that just, they might have ideas, 
but they don't actually execute it because they have no money. Um, like just go and do it. Just put something out there and just work on it. You know, it's not just about the money that will come afterwards. If you produce something that's just, that is high quality and there, and it's honest and it's beautiful, then you start to generate, um, a community and then you start to really, um, get the interest of other people. So it's more of like, show what you can do rather than like, rather than saying like, I have an idea, uh, and not executing, you know, does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I guess the second thing question, cause it's, I definitely agree with you in terms of creating high quality stuff and, and the other, the other, uh, monetary stuff falls into place at least that's that can be the case but there is one um one aspect where i think people get hung up and it's the concept of um how does somebody then or in your case just tell us your story um get that awareness or or how do how do you build that awareness um in the people that would then hire you so like you mentioned these people are reaching out to you you've built the platform is it, did they see you through the platform or was it through this community that you started to build? And that community is what brought along these people who would then hire you for the production capacity. Because I think that's a sticking point for people is, oh, I have this great idea. Maybe mm-hmm. they'll even execute on it. And then it's like the, 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 the gap there or the chasm between creating something remarkable but then actually not, um, not being able to connect that, like f- find other people or, or allow other people to find them. You, you just right. know what I'm getting at right, when I say that? Right. So – at least from my perspective, like we have the creative side, right? And, but one of the things that a lot of people lack is the hustle. Even if we have like a beautiful design, we have a beautiful uh, platform or we have, you know, amazing content, you still need a hustle and you still need to go and, and meet people, specifically offline more than anything. And Life and Times Order was built on just relationships and the connections that we built offline so we would go out there and meet pr groups we would meet with um chefs and restaurants and we would just try to get inside you know because this was before um we didn't really have a following we didn't really have um you know instagram followers or anything like that so we still needed to just form relationships and connections so the beauty of documenting interesting people and, and, and um, establishments is that once you – it's sort of like a snowball effect. Like once you start to document one, they're going to start to reach out to their own community and promote the content, right? And that's going to spark into, into a much larger network that we might not have access to. So we love the idea of we reach out to these tastemakers. And these people that are doing something amazing and interesting, take, for example, there's this, uh, you know, like Stumptown Coffee in, in, in the coffee world. They're huge, right? And they have such a, lo- uh, a you know, loyal following and, they, and their love between the, the coffee world. So hit them up, create something that's beautiful for them, um, and they're going to want to share it. You know, they're going to want to share it around their community, and your, your, your word is just sort of, spreading in all these different areas um so that's one way that we started to we started to grow the community um and the second way was to tap into um you know some of these social networks 
that resonate well with what we're trying to do. Instagram has played a big role for us just because we're very visual. We're, we're photographers. So we wanted to reach out to photographers in, in Instagram and, and start to form a community there. So we started to post, you know, just amazing, amazing photos and amazing content on Instagram and give like a little story behind each photo. It would allow us to promote our content that lives on the website, but we would also start to connect with just amazing people on Instagram. And I don't know what it is about Instagram, but people are more open to meeting offline than people like in Twitter or, or, or Facebook, you know, like the hot new thing is like these Insta meets in uh, on Instagram. And that idea, I like, I'm always searching for those sort of interesting, quirky concepts because people really love to get behind that sort of stuff. So I had a huge, a huge focus on trying to meet people offline. And once you meet someone that believes in what you're doing, offline like that is already like a much stronger loyal connection and i wanted to do that with the majority of our contributors and the majority of the people that we're covering and, and just the our connections and our, and our followers because you get to really see their genuine side and they get to experience um who you are as well and there's something very powerful to that and it's the same concept of what we're trying to do with Life and Time, which is get people around the dinner table, get friends and family together and, and, and use food as a vehicle for, um, for community and get people talking and just having conversation. It's something very, very, um, very artful and romanticized that, that uh, there's a huge benefit to it. Um, so that's where the hustle comes in. And you know, we're constantly just meeting people and just trying to set meetings with as many people as we possibly can um, from all these different uh, uh, people within the food industry and also the creative world. Um, so it's not just about creating beautiful content. It's also just getting out there and and meeting people and talking to people. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's just about hustling, really. Love it, Antonio. I mean, you gave us some gold right there. And I, I know anybody listening, if if they're paying attention, that right there, like that's so important to realize is that is that really getting in front of people, getting to know people, getting to meet people in person is so powerful. And I I continue to relearn that lesson all the time. Yeah, um, it's, it's not, funny. It's not yeah, about like the it's not about how many followers you have on Twitter or Facebook or, or even Instagram, like get them in front of you and that's when you that's when you find gold you know and that's how real relationships are, are built and that's how you might you know it might lead to you know one person it might lead you to that person with a giant fat check that wants to give it to you you know um and you can't just have that same relationship when you just rely on social media you know or or just emails um so I don't know what it is about meeting people online or offline that plays that's played a huge role with us, you know. And I think for any business, um, meet them in person, grab a cup of coffee, as simple as that. And that's already, um, you know, that would only 
already take you like leaps and bounds to what uh, more than what a, a follower on Twitter would take you, you know, because it's genuine, it's honest, it's real, it's human. And that's how, that's how relationships are built, you know? I agree 100%. It's, it's so powerful. And like I mentioned, it's something that I, I feel like I continue to relearn all the time. Anytime like I feel like there's stagnation or whatever in what I'm doing, it's is literally is just as simple as if I can just connect with people in real life, then everything it's like a it's a multiplier effect Definitely. or a momentum builder. It just creates and it creates a spark for sure. So I think yeah, that's how you build like real passionate loyal followers. I think is getting out and meeting people in person. On that note, because this is this will probably be one of my last wrap up questions before we um, let people know where they can find you and 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 get on board life and time. I'm curious about this. I didn't necessarily intend to ask this question, but now that you brought it up, when it comes to these in person events, how do you how have you organized them in the past? What has been like a really successful event for you? Something that maybe somebody else could model um, or or you know take your your the way you set it up could take that same um, concept and apply it in their hometown. That's a uh proprietary information that I cannot give out. <laughs> I, hey, man, if that's true, that's fair. <laughs> no, no. Um, when we start to experiment with these these dinners and these events, these offline events, we started very early on um, hosting, um, hosting dinners. And it, they, were, they were done so, you know, they were very quirky and, and there was no structure to it. We would just invite um, you know, between 12 and I think it was like 12 and like 17 people, um, just over to, you know, and we just, just have some dinner and we would cook for them. Um, so we had no chef or anything like that. It was just us in the kitchen and, um, just getting people at a dinner table. And it's as simple as that. Like just invite someone over to your, to your home and feed them. Boom. I mean, we were just talking about inviting someone over for coffee, like invite them to your home and, and feed them. Like you're going to be family after that. Like there's something very special about yeah. that. Um, and so we started to really just focus on like these quirky little dinners and, and it was a lot of stress too. Um, even though like they're a lot of fun, like just hosting events and like Doing all the work yourself is it's also like very stressful. So there was definitely um, a lot of work and a lot of energy and even money that went into them. But I didn't care. I just wanted to get people involved and and um, and really play off of our mission of you know get, uh, cultivating a community both offline and online. Um, but through our journey of meeting um, meeting more people and making more connections. We wanted to find, we wanted to form partnerships um, with people that could fill in gaps within um, within our events. You know, uh, I'm not a chef, so I'd rather have someone who's a professional that could do it. I'd rather partner up with them and get them involved, and then they could do all the cooking. Um, same with finding like a venue space. So a lot of the people that we cover on on Life and Time, they have gorgeous gorgeous spaces. And, um, so we would do a story on them. We would take, you know, beautiful photography and then we would, um, go back to them and, and be like, Hey, listen, you know, we've got this community. Let's partner up on, on some sort of event and get them in your space 
and you could be a part of the story and you could be a part of, 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 you know, of what we're all about. And it's a win-win situation. Like we get people in your space, they learn about you, um, they learn about the chef and it's the same idea of, you know, what we try to do with our, our contributors. We, we want to collaborate and expose, um, and give exposure to these amazing creative people and, and provide a platform for their work to be presented. And it's the same thing with these events. Like we want to be a platform where we could get people together and we could collaborate with people that um, have a specific skill set, whether it's cooking or drinks or, or, or a venue space and have everything kind of fall in line with the same, um, the same idea of, of, of collaboration, you know, and it's, it's really, it's really just proving to everyone else that you can collaborate with other people. You should find um, people that could that, that could uh, fill those gaps within your own with your own road with or within your own idea. Because um, you can't do everything on your own. Like you just can't. Um, so it's very important to find people that um, that could work with you and that could. Um, you know, that are, are, are believers in your, in your idea and your project, um, and just get them involved in fun and interesting ways. You know, it doesn't have to be this full blown, like a hundred person dinner where tickets are like $200 a head. Like it doesn't have to be that pretentious or that big, you know, it could just be as simple as like inviting just 10 people over your home and just cook for them. And, and already you form those amazing relationships. And just start to experiment and just start to grow from that and just keep pushing it and keep pushing it. And, or, you know, it could even be as simple as like a Instagram meetup, which we've done, um, which we did, uh, things like two or three weekends ago. Um, we hosted an Instagram meetup in LA, which was also a, uh, a coffee crawl. So we hit up three different coffee shops in downtown LA. Um, and it was just like, we just posted on Instagram one day and it was like, Hey, we're, you know, we're going to be here. Anybody could show up. And I had no idea how many people were going to show up. And, you know, all of a sudden like 30 people, 30 like Instagrammers show up and they're like, we well, you know we're here for the coffee crawl. And like, nice. it was just like no money went, went into it. And it was just so simple. The concept was so simple that, uh, we, you know, we, we, we started at a, this place called hands with coffee. They're really good friends. And, even the founder, the founder of Handsome Coffee, Michael Phillips, he's a he's a world uh, world barista champion, and he's huge within the coffee world. And he got involved, and he's like, "Oh, I'll give you know everyone like a a special VIP tour of the whole space and the roaster in the back." And it was just like a, it was so like on the spot. There was no planning. There was no structure to it, and we were just sort of riffing, you know, the whole time. And I think that is sort of like that's like the store of my life. Like I'm just in the moment and making decisions in the moment. There isn't like a whole lot of planning, which makes it like a much more fun experience. It's just like, let's just get people together and let's just see where it goes and what happens, you know? And I think the more, the more planning you try to do and the more, uh, you know, overthinking that you try to do, it's only going to make things much more stressful and you can't, you just can't plan for everything, you know? Um, so I think 
it's just a, it's just a matter of just doing something. If you have an idea, just go and do it. And if you think too hard about it, that's when you start to overthink things and you start to get, you know, the fear starts to settle in. And, and I think, uh, yeah, man, I just, I just think you just have to live in the moment and things are not going to work out. You're going to fail at a certain point. Um, but a lot of things are going to succeed. And I think that's how you learn from, you know, your mistakes. And, you know, if, if one person showed up to the coffee crawl or the Instagram meetup, that's already one person. That, that's already good enough. I'm like, I would be happy with just one person. I would have a great cup of coffee with that one person. But, you know, we just sort of, we just sort of play off of it and, and not to, you know, not take things so seriously. It's just, we're, all, we, you know, we're just having a good time more than anything. That's awesome. I love it. Again, so many, you just gave us so much gold, Antonio. I really appreciate it. Thanks. So, hey, man, I love this conversation. I could probably talk to you for a few more hours because everything uh, you're saying resonates with me really deeply, um, intrinsically, and a lot of the stuff that I um, put time and effort into creating. It's very much, I think, the same philosophy. So it's, I, and I, But I don't want to keep, uh, keep you for another three hours. Um, I want to cut myself off from asking questions and, and just give it to you to, uh, to let people know about where they can find you online and how they can connect with you. And maybe if they're in LA or something like that, catch up on uh, one of those Instagram meetups. Yeah, for sure. So, um, you know, you could, you could see the magazine on lifeandtime.com. So it's, I want to make sure time is like the herb. So T H Y M E. Um, yeah. it looks like it's, it's, it sounds like it should be thyme. Yeah. That life and thyme. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you can see, you know, what we're up to on the website, and um, we also have a section on there where you could browse our our upcoming events. Um, we try to host stuff not just in LA, but uh, all over, uh, you know, all over the US, and hopefully um, get contributors outside of the US to get involved as well to host events. But you could find, you know, content on there. You could also follow us on on Twitter, Instagram, and uh, Facebook at um, life and time as well. Um, but yeah, um, you know, you could also join our, our newsletter on, on the website and just be up to date. We're, we're, uh, we'd love to hear from you. And, um, yeah, if you want to be, you know, if you want to be a contributor, if you're listening to this and, and you're a photographer or a writer, or you, you know, you're just hugely passionate about food, um, hit us up because we're constantly looking for, for uh quality contributors and um yeah follow our journey awesome antonio sounds great i'll make sure that's all linked up in the show notes and everybody gets uh access to that and i'll encourage them to reach out to you so again thank you so much for being on the show man it was just a lot of gold that you just gave us and i really appreciate it thanks man i thank you tom appreciate it and that wraps up in the trenches broadcast 25 if you enjoyed today's broadcast and would like to check out the show notes, just go to tommorcus.com slash broadcast25, and that's the number 25. For the veterans in the audience, I'd like you to check out highspeedelite.com. Highspeedelite.com is an exclusive veterans mastermind and training site designed to help veterans like you succeed in the civilian world, either by landing the job of your dreams or by building your dream business from scratch. This program is being developed and led by John Lee Dumas, Antonio Centeno, and yours truly. If you don't know John or Antonio, they're both veterans and both incredibly successful entrepreneurs who have built million-dollar businesses, and they both care very much about helping other veterans succeed. HighSpeedElite.com is our way of making this happen. So if you're transitioning out of the military, considering transitioning out, 
or you've already entered the civilian workforce but would love a better job or would love to build your own business, check out HighSpeedElite.com. I think it uh, could be right up your alley. And I hope to see you there. As always, this is Tom Morcus. If you're listening to this, you are the resistance. Thank you for listening to In the Trenches. Your creative work doesn't stop here. Join the resistance, the small but growing army of entrepreneurs and artists putting a dent in the world at www.tommorcus.com. Never fight alone. Join the resistance.